1: But I can assure you that I am very excited about this opportunity.
0: All I need is a typist who can answer the phone.
1: You have reached the office of Mr. Edward Gray. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's very dull work.
1: I like dull work. I'm not here. Hi! How'd it go? I got it. Oh! <gasps>
0: Letter has three typing errors in it.
1: I'm sorry, I'm, I'm. Type it again.
0: This needs more sugar.
1: Six copies of these. What is wrong with you? You can get a much bigger voice out of that tiny throat. This
0: is the office of
1: Mr. E. Edward Craig. <laughs> I'm the type of guy who wants to get married and have a kid. <laughs>
0: If you need any more typing, I can come
1: back later. Thank you,
0: Miss Holloway. Good night.
1: Come into my office. Finally. This isn't just about typos. It's your behavior. What about my behavior? It's very bad. I'm very fond of you. I'm your secretary. If we
0: can fully experience pain,
1: we can live a more meaningful life. (laughs) He's the best. Are you doing something sexual? There are other ways to show your feelings.
0: We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week.
1: Why not? (sighs) I've found someone to love in a way that feels right. Just a scoop of creamed potatoes. Four peas.
0: As much ice cream as you like to eat. Could you get me a cup of coffee? Do you really want to be my secretary? Yes, I do. Hello again, this is Annie Rose Malamet, and you're listening to Girls, Guts, and Jello. And I'm here today with my beautiful friend and leather sister, Colby. Hi, Colby. Hi. And Colby, before we get into it, we're going to be talking about, of course, the 2002 movie Secretary, mm-hmm. starring Maggie Gyllenhaal and James Spader. Uh, this is a big kink root for a lot of people. Uh, do you? Before we get into the movie, would you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you're about who is Colby
1: yeah um hi I'm Colby Brienne. I'm a leather worker leather dyke black lesbian Taurus I guess those are the most important things about me <laughs> oh my god everything on that
0: list is better than the last thing <laughs> um it's- So this is the perfect movie for us to talk about today. When did
1: you first see Secretary, and what did you feel when you watched it? I first saw this movie two months ago when it was put on Hulu. Um, And when I first saw it, I was, like, pissed that I didn't see it earlier. Um, Within two minutes, I was like, holy shit, where was this movie my entire life, and how did I not see it until 2019? um i don't know it brought up a lot of feelings especially because i'm still a little bit new in my kink journey like actively so it was kind of this interesting thing i was like oh wow i probably would have been a little bit further along if i had seen it when i was 11 when it came out i guess
0: (laughs) yeah interestingly enough i saw this movie about when it came out wow (laughs) um my parents what like rented it from netflix back when netflix was they i think they still do dvds but this was back when that was all they did and they were like that was weird when they i didn't watch it with them but they watched it and after the next day they were like that was a weird movie we watched last night (laughs) and i was like hmm and then i think i want to say like a year later i watched it on tv um, like late at night. on was the, the TV I- version like? Well, it wasn't on regular TV. I think it was on uh, the IFC channel
1: oh, was or something. Skymax,
0: yeah, something, <laughs> something like that. But it was completely uncensored. Um, and I was really moved by it, and I thought it was a really beautiful love story. And I've seen it many, many times since. And I think it will always have a special place in my heart. But I think on this viewing, I was a bit more critical of it mm. than I've ever been before. So let's talk about why. Okay. <laughs> so, 2002, right? Uh, directed by Steven Shanberg and written by Aaron Cresita Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also worked together on the Diane Arbus movie called Fur. Which didn't get great reviews, but I kind of liked. I don't know if you saw it. It's got Nicole Kidman. No. Um, it's interesting. It's about the photographer Diane Arbus. So they kind of are interested in seems like they're kind of interested in fetishism, <laughs> these two. Because mm. that movie is also about fetishism. And it's based on the short story Secretary by Mary Gateskill from the collection Bad Behavior from 1988. And I have read Bad Behavior. I You haven't. No. Um, I love Mary Gateskill. I think she's really amazing at capturing like casual cruelty between mm. human beings. And the short story is really different than the movie. So it's got a completely different tone. Gateskill's story is more about alienation Mm. and loneliness and uh, cruelty. And Secretary is more about, like, liberation and love and freedom and transgression. Mm -hmm. So I don't really even see them as existing in the same universe. The big differences in the Mary Gateskill story is the... "Quote unquote climax, haha, of the story <laughs> happens when uh, the the lawyer, Mister Gray, comes on Lee, who in the story is named Debbie. Uh, oh, nice, yeah. <laughs> so that's and then it's really more played as like a typical sexual harassment story, mm. um, where Debbie is who would be the Maggie Gyllenhaal character." is a lot more conflicted about what they're doing at the office.
1: Mm-hmm. As and is, like a person
0: would be. Yes, in real life as somebody would be. So Mary Gates' go story is a lot more interested in realism. Okay. And the movie is
1: much more of like a fantasy kind of scenario. Yeah. Um, so it's like if that short story meets, but I'm a cheerleader, we get the movie.
0: Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah so after he ejaculates on her she doesn't go back to work and is like she's like turned on by it and is masturbating to the thought of it but it's the story is more about the complex nature of sexual harassment yeah than it is about bdsm hmm. or anything like that even though there are like bdsm-ish elements uh and he sends her a letter that's like I'm really sorry for what happened between us, and mm. uh, that's it. That's like really the end of the story. Uh, so I remember reading the story years later. Like I think I read the the, sh- the book like only a couple years ago, and just being like, "Wow, this is so completely different." And I don't know how I feel about this. I don't know how they how I feel that they made this short story about cruelty <laughs> into mm. like this kind of fantasy story i don't know it's it's interesting that they chose that story that's like that's what
1: they saw in right that story. or
0: you know because i have a quote here from um erin chrisita wilson who wrote the screenplay uh where she says i also wrote the screenplay
1: for chloe which oh, right. has some kind of cute gay stuff in it
0: which i haven't actually seen so i haven't seen
1: it in a really long time
0: um, but it looked cute and. I have a quote from her that says I didn't want to create yet another drama about a woman recovering from her problems or perversions then I thought what if this were a coming out film for a submissive what if she were to stop fighting it and instead she embraced it defined it and then became empowered what if her real problem was not her submissive behavior with her lawyer what if I added a visually upsetting self-destructive activity for her in the first act so I gave her a painful situation to come out of self-cutting and worked it from there So, like,
1: I don't feel great about that. (laughs) I uh, I don't know if I agree with the idea of, like, it being a painful situation for her to come out of, because I don't think that's what the character feels. Mm. I don't know if that's what Lee believes. Right. At all. Yeah, and it's also placing a lot of value judgments on self-harm as well. I don't think that Lee has any value judgments on self-harm. So I think it's... I I really don't think that character does it all. That's one thing that I definitely notice and that I find not conflicting, but a weird mirror, I guess, Mm. myself. Mm. is That she's like kind of like, I don't know, this is a thing that I do.
0: Yeah, I... I do see there being some value judgments in the film just based on – and we can talk more about it when we get there. But based on her, you know, kind of moving out of self-harm into BDSM, I don't think that – I think that's a bit disingenuous. I don't think that that path is, like, as neat as the
1: movie would have it be. No. And I think – but I also think I saw that her giving up cutting was just an act of service.
0: Yeah, and I think you're coming – I think that's a really interesting way to look at it and you're coming at it as somebody who is in the community Mm -hmm. whereas I kind of see this movie as being written and made by people who are not in the community and Mm. placing like kind of some weird value judgments Mm. on the nature of pain itself yeah um and yeah i mean i don't know like i still love this movie but i definitely with that quote in mind too i mean just the way she frames it like what if you know uh she could enjoy being a submissive where in the story it's not about her being a submissive it's about her being harassed by her boss i just don't like that correlation Mm. of like what if she could just enjoy this and it's like (laughs) okay in the story she's conflicted because she enjoys it but it's non-consensual mm. that's the conflict there yeah. like she enjoys the submissive aspect but it doesn't feel that she's being treated like she's not being treated as a human being yeah so it's mm. yeah i don't love that correlation there um and then something else that i had not really thought about but now makes complete sense i read a chapter in a book by um the writer umi khan and she wrote a book called sm in the socio-legal imaginary which is perfect because Mm -hmm. this film takes place in a law office uh and she basically says that she feels like that the movie is closer to 50 shades of gray than it would appear at first in that there is a neat kind of fantasy heterosexual package Mm -hmm. at the end of the movie yeah right gross (laughs) yeah (laughs) so gross it is gross so watching it after having read that chapter by by khan uh where she also posits that sm features as a plot device in popular culture because it supports larger ideological orders. Like she kind of pushes us to think about how SM is used more as a symbol in the film than as like actual SM dynamics. Mm. So, which is something I hadn't surprisingly had not thought of before. Um, So, you know, she just makes a lot of good points in in that book. That like the the, the editing, like the framing of the couple, um, it's really warm. There's a lot of like shallow depth of field, which you know brings it makes it really intimate, mm-hmm. and it uh, it staves off the reactions of disgust that you could have for Mm -hmm. sm so it it very much there's like a kind of an agenda in the movie of normalizing the behavior yeah yeah which complicated yeah very complicated um okay so i have a bunch of other notes here uh but we should maybe talk about them more when we get into the plot yeah um also, that the, the the them being in the law office kind of folds them into uh normativity and an idealized heterosexual order of like mm. lawyer secretary and um mm. it's just very like you know kind of like everything is kind of harkening back in the film to a different time like even the use of typewriters yeah right like it it's the kind of a fantasizing of the kind of dress that she wears right it's a fantasizing of a of a typical heterosexual order. Um, oh, there was also a survey done on BDSM community members' responses to this film and most of them resented the normalizing aspect and the heterosexual normalizing aspect at the yeah. end of the film. Yeah, because
1: I feel like we'll get to it. We'll yeah. get to the plot, but I feel like that's not the sex that they would be having after Right, intense scene he put her through.
0: right yeah did you have anything you wanted to say about the production of the film like you were talking about maggie gyllenhaal and how she felt about acting in this
1: i had seen a quote where she and it's like of course i'm paraphrasing where she had mentioned that playing this role was kind of interesting because she got to like explore a side of herself behind the safety of fiction um so, I guess we can all secretly hope that she's a kinky submissive out there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't have a ton of production history of this movie besides, um, like, the in the aftermath, it was pretty uniformly well-received by critics. Yeah. It got nominated a lot. Yeah. Um. Which is kind of maybe it's always a little bit of a red flag like why does everybody love this (laughs) i'm just always one of those people that's like okay this is a movie i guess like the larger question i have for us when we're talking about this movie and we can you know talk about this question throughout the episode is is this because this is a podcast about subversive and controversial film Mm. is this a subversive film is my question for us, because I am prone to think that any representation of SM is inherently subversive, Yeah, and yet it's a very kind of normative view of how that relationship might go down. And just because of the way it ends, kind of puts like a neat little bow on anything that might be subversive. So I don't know. We'll we'll talk about it. The film opens with uh, Lee, main character Lee, played by Maggie Gyllenhaal, and she's in like a spreader bar, uh, stocks situation,
1: oh and God. it's so
0: hot. Well, this is the other thing about it's this movie is it's really <laughs> oh, hot. It's so
1: hot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and she like walks, she comes around that corner, and I'm, so I'm sitting here, and I'm 28 years old, and I'm already like, like, I know what I'm into, and I'm looking at this, and I'm like, Holy fucking shit, this is how we're starting this movie. Uh, I was still flustered and. It's really hot. Yeah. Yeah. And she's picking up these papers with her mouth. Oh no, we didn't even. Okay. The best part is so she starts, so she walks in Mm -hmm. and she walks over to the desk and then she leans down and she hits the stapler with her chin. This is like two minutes into the movie. And I'll tell you, the first time that I watched that movie, the second her chin hit that stapler, my entire like body reacted and I bust out laughing like sitting by myself because I, I I was instantly 12 years old and like imagining exactly what would have happened if 12-year-old me had seen this exact moment because I was like super into like office stuff as a kid. Mm. I probably didn't think about it like as being a sexual thing, but I was like if I had been 12 and seen like this hot image mixed with office supplies i like would have lost my mind and i was like oh yeah i'm gonna love this movie i already know (laughs) yeah
0: yeah no it's a great opening uh and we get this voiceover of lee who her voiceover guides the plot of the Mm -hmm. film which there's some there there's some like some identical voiceover quotes um from the short story because the narrator of the short story is the secretary okay um So the voiceover starts with, I got out of the institution on the day of my sister's wedding. Mm -hmm. So we know that Lee has been institutionalized, uh, probably for mental health reasons. Mm -hmm. And she says she was reluctant to leave the institution. and. Uh, So we immediately get the setup in the beginning of the movie when she's at the next, she's at her sister's wedding, and we see that she's very much the black sheep of the family.
1: Um, Her mom is blonde, her sister's blonde, she's a brunette. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Brunette. So different. So different. Brown hair. I mean, she's so different. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so that's, yes, of course, that is a plot device we used in a lot of movies. Like, the brown-haired girl, the brown-haired white woman is just different than the other girls around her. Um, And we meet Peter, who will be, like, kind of Lee's like, normal love interest. And we also learn in this moment that Lee's father is an alcoholic. Yeah. Um, and her dad drinks and he kind of almost passes out and Lee runs upstairs to perform the first self-harm ritual of the movie. Yeah, Uh, this is like super triggering for me because I grew up with an alcoholic parent mm-hmm. and I also was a self-harmer as yeah. a teenager. So, uh, it's very, like this movie hits a lot of different points for me. Yeah. Uh, and this is definitely one of them. Uh, and her like kit that she uses is when we first see her little
1: ritual. Yeah, and we also see her room, which is really, really girly, really young girly. Because I it was, it's a very, it's a very specific type of young girl. Like she feels like forever
0: eleven. Yeah, she's in an arrested development sort of stage and she acts like a little girl Mm -hmm. too and she has so so lee has like this very girly sewing kit and her ritual is that she takes out various objects and places them in a very specific way and then she cuts herself and in this scene she is cutting herself with a sharpened Ballerina figurine Yes A ballerina A ceramic ballerina figurine That like She sharpens the foot Mm -hmm. And Cuts herself with it Yeah On a stone Yeah It's really intense Um And She harms herself with it And then she has like Her
1: iodine And Mm -hmm. Um Actually in this first one She goes to But then she hears Everyone cheering outside Because her sister And her husband are leaving And she stops okay So she doesn't actually Yeah Break skin so
0: i read another essay in the book um tainted love screening sexual perversion Mm -hmm. and it's by the writer carolyn waters and she argues that the film positions the autoerotic and she puts self-harm into this autoerotic category um as infantile and heterosexual intercourse as adult. So, which is keeping with a very misogynist Freudian theory about clitoral versus vaginal mm-hmm. sexuality. Mm-hmm. And her argument there is like, When Lee is by herself and self-harming and masturbating, she is in this very, like, childlike space with, Mm. like, her ballerina figurine and her very girly room. And then as she moves into a proper heterosexual dynamic, she moves away from those things. So Mm. that's – I definitely see that happened now that I read that essay, I'm yeah. like, oh, that is what's happening there. Yeah. I think before I read that essay, I always I, I saw it as um her being trapped as a child in her parents' house mm-hmm. more than I saw it as coming into a proper heterosexual yeah. relationship. Um anyway. Just wanted to say that. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so mom and dad get into a fight and uh, Lee sees this fight and this also triggers her to self-harm. Mm-hmm. And she burns herself on her thigh with a tea kettle. Yeah. And her face is like one of complete relief. Mm-hmm. And it, we see that face again during the SM scenes. Yeah. Um, of like sexual Gratification almost.
1: Yeah. It's a recognizable face. It's a familiar face. Yeah. <laughs> um I thought that was interesting, especially because like as a a young person, like burning was my method of choice. I never liked cutting. I guess even back then I was picky about my pain. I'm less picky now in a masochist. <laughs> um but yeah, I do remember like that sense of relief. But I also some of like some of like coming into this and kind of trying to do like a little bit of processing around like my relationship to Mm self-harm is also complicated because my relationship to chronic pain also started as a kid and so sometimes like now sometimes my access through masochism is a way to kind of reconnect to like parts of my body that feel kind of weird due to chronic pain and so in like watching this movie i kind of like thinking like what was my relationship to like self harm back then mm. um like was it self soothing in like a an emotional pain way or was it like a distraction from a different kind of kind of chronic pain that i was bored with right kind of why yeah that's interesting
0: <laughs> yeah and i for myself it it reflected like the way they describe the the self harm in the movie, is not totally how I felt self harming. I think for me, I felt so shitty on the inside that it was it felt validating to also feel mm. shitty on the outside. Mm. Uh, it wasn't so much about like a self soothing thing for, as it yeah. yeah
1: as it was that it like mirrored how I felt. For me, it was a self soothing, and I was. I've always been super interested in Marks. And so Mm -hmm. I did, it was like watching the process and interrupting the process Mm -hmm. and you know, like having a a bruise to play with or having a like a burn to pick at and to look at and to watch. Totally. Yeah, I did love the
0: process of like
1: watching it change and feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a big part of it.
0: So Lee also floats in the there's, there's a couple um, scenes where she, Lee is floating in the pool by herself and this is one of them and mm-hmm. she's got all those floaties on her arms and, legs, and she's floating face <laughs> down. Just like despondent. Like not, you know, very much dissociating. Not connected with yeah. things that are around her. And Lee is in secretary school and she's learning how to type. And I, my first thought was like, what year is this? Because this is 2002. But it could be 1955. But it could be. But it, and the story is set in the 80s when people were still using typewriters. So I was just wondering if this, if this was also set in the 80s, but then I don't think it is because there's like other indications that it's
1: 2002. I think it's, I mean, I feel like there's a lot like, well, I grew up not watching a lot of movies. And so I'm trying to watch more movies now, but I've been watching I feel like a lot more movies lately where it feels like there are like four time periods kind of happening at once and you're just supposed to accept the parts of each that fit the storyline. And so I think that I feel like that's what's happening here.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just, like,
1: couldn't get a grip on that. Um, Yeah, I didn't even think about what time period this movie was in. It was almost irrelevant. I never even thought about it. It's kind
0: of, like, out of time and place, almost. Like, it's kind of unstuck from all of that. Mm -hmm. There's not, like, a ton of indications either way. Like, we know it's modernity. Yeah. We know that it's, like, anywhere from, like, the 70s to, like, now. Yeah, because when even
1: well, like, when he says, like, oh, we use typewriter's not computers it's like well he been so it has about, to be like, the IMAT. Yeah. i I'm he could have been talking about like those like bubble computers right or he could be talking about you know
0: Right. Like well, yeah. Yeah. Macbook. It, it couldn't be right now because I feel like if any boss was like, we use typewriters, not computers. Like, pe- fuck off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> people would be like, anyway, you're not a business anymore. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. You're, we're shutting you down. Uh, we laundering money in here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So Leah's kind of uh, despondent and there's a, a voiceover where she's talking about, uh, how she was caught cutting herself mm-hmm. by her mother when they were washing dishes, and she tried to like covertly cut herself, yeah. which to me signals that this is someone who is really addicted to self harm. Yeah. Um, I personally never got to that point where I couldn't not do it in front of other people, but yeah. Lee is at that
1: yeah point, which yeah. I find so. It was in rewatching it last night that I think I clicked the compulsive part of it, which. It's a little bit weird as a person who also has OCD. So I'm like, Jesus Christ, I might be too much like Lee in a lot of ways that I don't like. Um, I never felt compulsively about it. But I also like there I still have like a little bit of control of my OCD where there are are most compulsions I don't do in front of other people they don't Mm -hmm. see. And so I was like, oh, I guess I didn't really notice that this is it's almost beyond the the soothing it's like it's just something that she does it's a complete compulsion yeah
0: yeah, yeah. it's an addiction almost mm-hmm. I mean and there is self harm anonymous which I used to go to and um yeah there are people who are it really is fully like that for them mm-hmm. like they just can't stop doing it so uh, preface that that I don't have that experience but it, I yeah I feel like Lee just can't at this point can't really help herself um. And she also talks about how she's been doing it since seventh grade. So, and has never gotten caught until
1: that one time. Yeah. I started in seventh grade, got caught in eighth grade. <laughs> I <was> like what? <laughs> like how did she get? Yeah, to her she's 20s? good at hiding. Well, also you can sort of tell her family is like checked out. Oh yeah, they're, they're not. They're like one of those families who like no one talks to each other. Yeah,
0: exactly. Which yeah was not the case for me. <laughs> so yeah, we talked to each other. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and my parents were just like so mon- like monitored my behavior that it mm. was like I got caught. Mm, I don't remember when I got caught but I definitely got caught like not that long like maybe a year or two after I started
1: yeah I like got caught by someone at school and so I switched my methods Mm. (laughs) I mean yeah you adapt
0: (laughs) god (laughs) so Lee tries to throw out her sewing kit but she can't and when she's throwing out the sewing kit she sees an ad a help wanted ad in the garbage and uh
1: no one has ever been that excited by newspaper in a trash can yeah. in their life,
0: yeah, she's really excited. She's like takes it out of the trash can. She's circling ads. She's auditioning, doing like a little interview in front of the mirror. Yeah. Um she's very childlike. Yeah, you can tell she's never done this before or had a job before. Uh, Lee arrives to the the legal office that mm-hmm. needs a secretary uh, in the rain. So everything is, you know, it's automatically very like chaotic.
1: Okay, is it me or does her raincoat look kinky?
0: Um, I didn't see that. I it look like latex. It does a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, uh, it's it's purple. Yeah, which is like everything at this point is purple. Everything is purple. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of purple in this movie.
1: A lot. Yeah. Which which purple is an enigmatic color Mm. it's the only color that is both made up of cool and warm tones Mm. color of royalty yeah it's an expensive color
0: right yeah i was wondering what that was about i was like because purple could also be very sexual Mm. um bruises are purple bruises are purple yeah that's a good point yeah huh We'll have to think about that more when we get to the orchid stuff. Oh <laughs> so when Lee arrives to the office, the place is in disarray and there is a which I would have made a game. I'd be like someone was turned, killed here.
1: Yeah. I would have like walked in. <laughs> And been like, uh, whatever's happening here, I don't want to be a part of. And I would have left. Right. It, no. Yeah, no, thank That's you. It's so weird. It's <laughs> very creepy. And there's a
0: woman, which we kind of assume might be the last, the previous secretary, yep. uh, leaving in tears. With her and,
1: check in her mouth.
0: Yeah, also not a great sign. <laughs> uh, do you think that?
1: they were having a similar relationship. Yeah. Yeah, they have to have For some reason, the, the check in the mouth made me go, oh, yeah. Yeah. She was subbing for him before.
0: Which kind of makes him seem like a
1: cad. to be honest. He's a total dick. And so that's... Yeah. <laughs> and that's what makes it conflicting about the fact that this movie is also so hot. But, like, he's obviously a total piece of shit yeah i mean in real life yeah in like reality he would be but in like this movie he's like misunderstood
0: Right, Shine. right, which is problematic. Which is the same thing they do with Christian Grey, and they're both named Grey, of course. Yeah, Christian. It's the same thing they do with Christian Grey in Fifty Shades of Grey. It's mm. like, oh, he's a tortured sadist. Like, mm. he, you know, mm. if you could just get to his heart, like he'll Gross. love you forever. You know, it's which it's not
1: black or white. Yeah, it's gray. Fuck off.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh Mr. Grey is longingly E. Edward Grey, right? E.
1: Edward Grey. Yeah.
0: He's longingly staring at this photograph of this blonde woman. We'll meet her later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Lee and uh, Mr. Grey have an awkward exchange where he asks her if she's pregnant or plans on getting pregnant, which is um, –
1: very sexist. <laughs> I think it's illegal to ask that. Yeah. In an interview. It
0: certainly is. It's illegal yeah, to ask that question. Exactly. So, it became
1: illegal because of this movie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it's really uh creepy. And this is when we first see Mr. Gray's horticulture, which uh Umikhan argues or Umni Khan argues that his tending to plants and then later when he frees the mice, it softens his masculinity. So as I see him, like
1: as a as a nurturer Yes, sort. exactly.
0: Yeah. So it softens his like creep behavior. Mm. Uh I see right through it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So, Grey kind of tests Lee by asking her to get him a cup of coffee, Mm -hmm. and she obeys, even though she has no idea where anything is, and has to change the water cooler. And just
1: goes to figure it out. Yeah. And she's a huge submissive. She is such an S-type. Like, in in her bones, deep in her core. And that's, like, mostly what I saw in this movie. I was like, oh, wow, she really is just an S-type. Yeah,
0: she really is. And Grey says... The, so she like uh changes the fucking water cooler, like <laughs> who does that? I know it's so I guess I mean it's supposed to, oh my God, the more we talk about this, the more I'm like gonna tear this movie apart it's- <laughs> a, it's supposed to justify. Uh, Like her devotion Yeah exactly and like it justifies his behavior Towards her later um, Because it's like oh she wanted it from the beginning Mm -hmm. So Grey says the work will be boring But and like he's like trying to turn her off Taking the job and she insists On working there and this is when Gray says that there's something about her, she's closed off, she's like a wall, and she says, I know. I know. Yeah. The only
1: definitive thing she's like said up until this point. Because yeah. her favorite answer is I don't know.
0: Right. Yeah. And Gray also says uh, that they only use typewriters. <laughs> okay. She's like, great. Yeah. <laughs> so Lee tells her mother she got the job. And later that night, she takes a bath and throws out one of her scurly snow globes, which yes. symbolizes the end of childhood. I'm an
1: adult. Yeah. I'm a secretary. Yeah. I don't need a snow globe with a ballerina in it anymore. Exactly. Yeah. She's moving into that space. Even the adult her tone space. of voice changes. And- that moment I noticed she does a little bit less of like the well this is probably just because Maggie Gyllenhaal is a really great actress but like uh, she there are times when you can tell that Lee is more childlike because she'll move her mouth a certain way and like the way that the words come out of her mouth are a little bit I don't, I don't know exactly what the word is to describe, but they're just more, like, childlike. Yeah, she kind of, like, does this thing where she talks out of the
0: side of her mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when she becomes more self-actualized, she's using her full mouth. Yeah, her full mouth. <laughs> Everything about the mouth. Um, so, Lee practices her secretary voice in the bath. Mm-hmm. The next As day... does. Right. The next day in the bathroom she uh, meets the paralegal who the part-time paralegal who works in the office who's a bitch. <laughs> She's really not nice to Lee. Nope. And she leaves her eyeshadow there by accident yeah. in the bathroom. A beautiful which... 2002 icy blue. Yes. And uh, Lee starts putting it on, uh, kind of again symbolizing that she really wants to move into an adult woman.
1: Yeah. Embodiment. Yeah, she even like says this phrase like um, out to the up into the sides. Oh, like she's read like magazine something from Cosmo. Yeah, oh, this sounds like something she read in Cosmo like three months ago. Yeah, she's she's like, like, oh, this
0: is how I look like in an adult. Right. Yeah, and yeah, I mean her there's like the makeover she goes through in this movie is really obvious. Mm -hmm. Uh. Gray, oh, my note here is a direct quote from you, which is Gray delicately pumps his load into a flower while he watches.
1: <laughs> I, it was like, okay, like that was so not subtle. He's like delicately, delicately holding this orchid with this like tiny syringe of water, which like, okay, like I I know that orchids are hard to grow like as a plant <laughs> person, but like come the fuck on. And he's just like very slowly pressing the syringe Delicately into like the folds of this fucking orchid, and I was like, "Gross!"
0: You know, it's so heavy. And I'm into
1: cream pie videos, but gross.
0: (laughs) And I'm into cream pie. (laughs) I love it. And it's it's so obvious too. Like the orchid is the vagina, and like the orchid is Lee.
1: This is a surprising thing that I usually am embarrassed to say, like as a lesbian, but I hate vulva and like vaginal imagery i hate it i think it's so tired and played out i, I don't mean, know why
0: that's real and every
1: time i see it, i'm just like oh can we do something else please like let's just let's move on to boxes let's just go straight to boxes uh, and let me just use a box i mean as a i metaphor think that's fair
0: vagina. yeah i mean it, the flowers. flower as vagina has been quite overdone yeah <laughs> so I, I think that's a f- that's fair <laughs> uh yeah but it, it's just very obvious yeah right it's Dilly. very pretty very well lit scene yes and you, but, but again it serves to also soften him because he's delicately mm. Mm, pollinating this flower. <laughs> uh
1: Pollinating it? He's is that not, what like? is no, he I think watering he's doing? I
0: think he's watering it. Which, yeah, when uh,
1: well, he's watering it, but there's also like, because he has like this whole, like, shit, there's like a whole, I don't even know what the word is, like, cause there's like a trellis and like it's also misting at the same time and it's all yeah, like... Yeah, he has this he, he really has elaborate a, display. It's a very ritualistic process that he seems to have with his purple orchids. Right. Specifically. Always purple, purple. orchids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um
0: And he, uh, you know, they both are people who fixate on certain mm-hmm. things and this seems to be one of the things that he's fixated on yeah. is this purple flower. Um, Lee... Oh, brings him Amy Joy Donuts, which I found interesting because that's in the, the short story, okay. is like specifically this place called Amy Joy Donuts that she keeps going to. So it's like a little nod to the story. Okay. Uh, Lee offers to go through the garbage for something Grey lost without him even asking her to do that. Uh, and she gets in the fucking dumpster, like, full body in the dumpster to retrieve these
1: papers. Honestly, the face that he made when she said it, when she said that, I was like, I would have made that same fucking face if someone was like, oh, you want me to go through the trash? Would have been like, oh. Because, like, you could tell in that moment that he was like, oh, this is going to be something very interesting and fun. Yeah. (laughs) Because, that's intense. Yes. Yeah. And he acts
0: so tortured, but he's, like, obviously done this before. Yeah. Many times. Many, many times. Uh, he's got a whole routine. Mm-hmm. So as Lee is going through the dumpster, she sees that her mother is waiting for her outside the office all day. Yeah. So she's basically,
1: like, not allowed to grow up. Yeah. Although it was also when she's out in the dumpster, he watches her. And this is the first time that you see him go to working out or exerting force mm. in order to kind of distract himself from being turned on. Because he's so horny. Yep. He's got from it. watching her go in the dumpster because he's like that's devotion
0: it really is hmm. uh lee bends over to set down a mouse trap in gray's office and he this is when he sees her cuts with tiny little band-aids yeah on them yeah all down her leg
1: yeah right before is when she saw the donuts in the trash can yeah she saw the donuts and she goes oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which like, so I watch, so I like watch that, and I see it, and I'm like, oh, she's disappointed. But of course, like the the one, I like, I've, I'm kind of working my way through the book. Real service. I don't. I don't know why i don't like love the book i don't always agree with the book but like one of the things like that the book said was like if the master doesn't want it it's not service and so it's like a part of me is like oh here's like that lesson in this movie in a very like tiny little way it was Mm -hmm. like he didn't ask for those donuts you shouldn't have given him those donuts yeah yeah i
0: yeah and i always saw it in the same way as like him exerting authority like don't get me things i don't Mm -hmm. ask for don't get me gifts. Yeah. Uh, unless I ask for a gift. Mm-hmm. So they lock eyes when he sees the cuts on her leg and um, Gray's wife storms into the office. Okay. and So she is a wife. I'm thinking that. That's I, I because she
1: says, you She's know, sign the, the settlement and her photo was in the orchid. So. Yes. Yeah. So
0: okay. I'm assuming it's an ex-wife and she this blonde woman named trisha and she storms in
1: and calls lee submissive so weird it and was such a weird line yes and you can tell that we did not appreciate that like instantly she was right. like what did you just say to me Maybe this is a former secretary, and she's suing him for harassment or something. I don't know. I see that's the, the with her it's a little bit it's left a little bit unclear, but until the end of the movie when like you she says something that makes you think like, okay, maybe she was like a partner, yeah, who was aware of like this side of him mm. and like probably understands that he hires secretaries that seem submissive
0: ah yes yeah but it's just a very weird scene and she you know just like submissive the way she yeah was very heavy-handed very (laughs) heavy-handed in a way that i don't like i really like when things remain
1: i like i i can put it together myself thank you very much yeah Yeah. but i like i do wonder if like if it felt heavy-handed because we're perverts that's true. I mean, like, people who not... People who don't understand
0: this might need some clarification. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, it's hard for me to see see it that way. Um, So, she... Grey refuses to come out and see her and tells Lee to say that he's not
1: there. As he's, like, hiding in a closet.
0: Yeah, he's hiding in a closet. Like, again, he's closeted. He's mm. closeted about his desires. He's not an out-kinky no. person um trisha stomps all over gray's coat before she leaves and says tell him to sign the settlement mm-hmm. and lee's father calls drunk and then hangs up and this is very true this is triggering for lee mm-hmm. so she starts to perform her cutting ritual at her open desk at her open desk so like
1: you walk into the front door and, the and her desk is there the secretary is just and self-harming she's, like, pulling out like she's like I die, yeah. Like, it's like it's not, it's. I was like, What the? I was like, Okay, girl, yeah, she's
0: really doing it out in the open.
1: (laughs) We are out here, yeah, in these streets.
0: And Gray walks in on
1: her doing that, Mm -hmm. and then we and she avoids eye contact Mm -hmm. and she just puts it all away, yeah, and then tries to pretend like nothing happened, right?
0: So Lee goes on a date with Peter to the laundromat, this weird Uh, laundromat that has
1: like a restaurant in it, your classic. Date night location, the local laundromat. Yeah, with an arcade. Although I've been to many laundromats that have arcades, they are kind of popping. So
0: they are, and they
1: have <laughs> l- wine at the laundromat. <laughs> if, I don't. I don't. Even if they brought the wine from somewhere else, I feel like once it crosses the threshold of a laundromat, can't drink it can't be a,
0: safe to drink yeah, anymore. You can't drink wine in a laundromat. I think the symbolism of the laundromat also, because we see it again later, at least fantasy, is just, like, domesticity and mm. mundane
1: shit. Which, hmm. And, like, that's kind of, like, as, like, the antithesis of, like, E. Edward Gray. Right. Which I find interesting because I did learn that the office
0: space is supposed to seem like a home. Mm-hmm. That's what they, they – they wanted that for the production because they wanted them to feel like they were in this homey space And they're like in this fantasy space Mm -hmm. away from the rest of the world. um, Because they, I mean, the way when I read about it, it seemed like they wanted to do that to avoid connotations of this being like a
1: creepy office, Mm -hmm. sexual harassment. They wanted to add like a warmth to it and like a familiarity with being like a homey space. And it's also, to me, it also makes it a little bit disorienting Mm -hmm. where. It's like it only feels like an office sometimes. Yeah. From like certain angles. Right. It feels like an office when they're not connecting. When mm-hmm. Lee Li is
0: like in the front.
1: Yeah. But and, any other moment. Yeah. It feels like it's a. It feels like their own little world. Yeah. Like a den in a house.
0: Right. And this laundromat is also like its own little world. With yeah. her and Peter. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's hearkening more back to like. Lee's current life, which is like mm. kind of a sloppy domestic and simple,
1: yeah, situation. <laughs> yeah, to me, I thought of it almost more of like the the difference, like the juxtaposition of like low brow and high brow. Mm. Of like, oh, here's like her fancy lawyer that they only interact like in this office. That's his office, his space, and the only place that Peter can take her on a date is a laundromat while he's doing his laundry
0: yeah that's a really good point too (laughs) uh so peter reveals to lee that he's had a nervous breakdown before Mm -hmm. and lee you know kind of agree like relates yeah and gray comes in he's not doing his own laundry he's dropping his clothes off of course dry cleaning yes and he sees lee on the date and is kind of jealous and he watches them kiss yep and uh he uh, he gets in his car and he takes out one of his red pens which is like part of his little ritual, ritual mm-hmm. and puts it on the seat next to him yeah and uh then
1: all hell breaks yeah the next it was day. in that moment that he was like oh she's mine yes which ugh. Okay, it's like, okay, if we, like, suspend some disbelief <laughs> yeah. and, like, we get past the fact that, like, there's, like, no consent and that's actually, like, technically gross, <laughs> like, it's, like, kind of really hot, like, to be, like, it someone's, is. like, oh, no, now you have to be mine. Yeah. And it's also, like,
0: okay, so... <laughs> All right. I want to talk about this when we talk about the next scene. Okay. So, yeah. So, Gray – the next day in the office, Gray scolds Lee for the typos she's made in her letters. And this is when he's starting to become a dominant to her. Yes, And he makes her retype the letter multiple times and underlines all of the misspelled words with his red pen, which is very essential to his ritual. Yeah. And – uh, Lee cuts off a little bit of her skirt, also mm-hmm. adding to uh, the ritual. Yeah. And Gray lectures her on her appearance when also. He, when he
1: sees that she cut her skirt. Anyway,
0: yeah, when he sees he she cut her skirt and he's like, the way you look is disgusting. The way that you dress is,
1: is disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Love it, oh. <laughs> and it's hot. I mean, yeah. It's and her back is to him, so like he can't see her reaction. Yeah. And, like, uh, her face is like you can tell she's embarrassed, but she's like just also just like receiving that information. Like yeah. it's just feedback that she's getting, like. She doesn't. She doesn't look as hurt as you would like imagine if you like just had your boss randomly tell you that the way you dress is disgusting. And then because he starts that, and then he starts just going like on and on and on and on and on and on about all the things that she's doing. Yeah, he's like you play with your hair. You sniffle. He's like you do this thing with your tongue. Yeah. and it's, like, intense and, like, it's... And mean. Very and he, mean. Well,
0: this is also fucked up because you're not supposed to take anger out on your submissive. No. And he's definitely taking anger out from seeing her with Peter.
1: Yeah, I'm punishing her for
0: that. Yeah, punishing her for that. So the people who wrote this don't have a great understanding of BDSM no. dynamics.
1: No, not at all.
0: Um, <laughs> so, you know, Lee rehearses thanking gray for like the feedback Mm -hmm. which is super submissive yeah and uh okay so this is this is um we haven't moved into we haven't gotten to the part where they actually start having an sm relationship fully well this
1: this is where it's like well to me this is where they start having an sm relationship but for most people in the probably who are like watching the movie and think it doesn't happen until the spanking happens right but to me i'm like oh this is where it started yeah this is
0: where it started psychologically for sure yeah and lee meets peter's parents very like bleak kind of oh, domestic situation God.
1: like just typical their homemade wine
0: they're homemade oh yeah there's so much gross wine in this movie the laundry wine the (laughs) homemade wine this
1: time she said no she said yes to To laundromat laundromat wine but not to homemade wine she's like I don't know these people's feet
0: (laughs) Yes. and Lee uh, or Grey frees a mouse from one of the traps one of the humane traps Mm -hmm. which really softens his
1: oh he's so So nice he loves he loves to trap them and release them yeah
0: exactly oh yeah that's a good good point too and the next day, Leah's wearing a hairnet, mm-hmm. so she's put her hair back. She's taking Gray's feedback. Yeah. And Gray calls Leah into the office for a little, like, phone training session to get her to answer the phone the way yeah. he wants her to. And this is what he says. You can, you're can, you a big girl. You can make a
1: bigger sound from that tiny, tiny little throat, throat of that yours. Tiny Throat of yours. see So you saw this as a phone training session. I think this is probably what's interesting about the fact that I didn't see this movie until after I was introduced to Kink and was already like studying a bunch. Because to me, I saw this as like a like a testing her capacity for play. Mm. And maybe I'm just I'm looking at this movie through like a rose colored like kink glasses or something. I saw it as like he's training her. I saw it as both. Yeah, because like a part of me is like she's not answering the phone ter- like terribly. I don't know. It was because he, cause he started – he basically, like, started the scene without checking. He's like, okay, he's like, the phone's ringing. The phone is ringing. What's happening? And then he started giving her clues, like, hey, we're playing a game until she caught on.
0: Right, right. Yeah, no, I definitely – that's a good point. I see it as both. Mm-hmm. Like, he's testing her. Like, he's – he's like, all of these moments with the psychological domination mm-hmm. are, like, him testing her and without getting explicit consent
1: yeah which you could just ask <laughs> right?
0: yes exactly uh so yeah the tiny little throat of yours that's oh, a great fuck. line yeah and then she
1: just goes tiny yeah, because <laughs> that's literally also my reaction anytime someone says like tiny something small i'm just like small yeah tiny okay
0: (laughs) yeah well and he like puts his hand up like he's gonna choke her and he's like that tiny Tiny throat throat of yours like it like takes (laughs) it back like he has to control himself Mm -hmm. from like just completely destroying her yeah exactly which (laughs) Which is so so hot (laughs) So can't deny how hot that is. Oh, it's terrible, right? And James Spader is like such a psycho with
1: like a lesbian lawyer.
0: Oh yeah, and like
1: somehow weave in some like verbal consent. We need to redo this movie.
0: Yeah, reboot with lesbians. Yes, like a hot butch lawyer. Fuck, that would be hot. Yeah.
1: All right. Anyone out there listening?
0: (laughs) Anybody want to finance our movie? Thank
1: you. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so Grey questions Lee about her date and tells her that he is shy and Lee doesn't believe him and he says that he overcomes his shyness to get things done mm. and he says what's going on with the sewing kit and the band-aids yeah and she doesn't know how to answer I don't think anybody's ever like explicitly besides a therapist talked to her about yeah. her self-harm she says, goes I don't know yeah she says I don't know and he gives her hot chocolate
1: yeah like and, um,
0: like we're in Narnia, just like pulled it out of nowhere. Yeah, there. hot and right. ready. Um, and asks why she cuts herself, and then he. So when I first saw this, I thought it was a real. It was really sweet that he was talking for her. Like this is why he thinks that he cuts herself. Like because mm-hmm. I thought maybe he also had issues with this mm-hmm. and like could relate and was like, this yeah. is how it feels. Like you mm-hmm. cut yourself, and you know you make those feelings come to the surface and then you see it heal. It's like the feelings are healing. Yeah. But in the readings I was doing, they make a good point. And the readings I were doing were written by both by queer women who were, who were in SM scene. And uh, they were saying that by him doing that, he takes away her voice. Like he speaks for her Mm. and over her. Whereas like a good dominant would push you to articulate
1: for yourself yeah, so I so I believe that, then yes, and then, th- well, but also I think from the first time that he met Lee, she's been a person who answers with, I don't know, two right. questions that are pretty easy to answer. She just doesn't tend to have an answer for things. So I think, to me, I also saw this in this moment of him being, okay, well, here's a moment where we're going to have to talk about something explicit and, like, to move forward, but you... Don't have the voice to say this. And like, maybe if someone like says it in a way that makes sense and you can agree with it, then you can kind of start that process. Because right. it's like she didn't, she doesn't, she doesn't have a voice on her own at all. And no one in her life has tried to give her one. Right. Um, yeah. And so, like, it's like, y- is it taking away her voice or is it, which, like, don't make me defend any man's actions like especially a (laughs) fictional one yeah but like or was this like being like like hey like you can like say this out loud and it's not like this this like scary terrible thing it doesn't make you like a terrible monster right so i don't know if i thought that critically of it right yeah i can see it both ways for sure Mm
0: -hmm. um and then he says to her the very powerful statement which is you will never cut yourself again Jesus. do you understand
1: and, and you watch her swallow that yes yeah, so she, hard
0: but she like needed that permission mm-hmm. she needed somebody to say you're never going to do that again yeah not and i i can relate to that because yeah. that's you know when you go to therapy hmm Nobody is saying, like, you can't do this. You can't do this. You have to decide. You have to make those decisions. Yeah. So sometimes it's nice to have somebody just be like, you're never going to do that again. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You're done.
1: Like, this is – the decision has been made. There you go. Because you right. have to make the decision decision made for you. You're done. It's over.
0: Yeah, and that's part of the appeal of being a sub- Miss- submissive Be
1: is able to turn off your fucking brain.
0: Yeah, being able to turn off your brain. And, you know, as I don't necessarily I don't identify as a submissive, but I've definitely been in like, for example, you know, I have a lot of problems with negative self talk, especially mm-hmm. around my parents. Mm-hmm. And when I've been in situations where I have been the submissive in the situation and somebody has just said to me, like, you're not going to do that anymore. You're not going to say that mm-hmm. around me and you're not going to think it around me. Ooh. And that's really – that gives you the freedom to stop and because you're like, oh, I don't want to – I don't want to displease them. Yeah. So – It was an order. I have to follow yeah, my orders. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So – that scene has always been really powerful to me cuz you can see her like it washing over her like yeah. i don't have to do that anymore yeah and then she he says you know you're going to leave
1: work early and because you require relief yeah and and then for the third time he says because you will not be doing that anymore
0: yeah and he says and your mom tell her to leave you're going to walk home because you're a grown woman you're a big girl you're a big girl yeah <laughs> and uh, <laughs> sh- he's he says and you're not going to be doing that anymore. Understood? And she says, "No, sir." So <sighs> this is the first time she calls him sir. Yeah. And on the walk through the park home, Lee says she feels as if Gray is with her, and that she could feel an intimate tendril creeping through one of his darker areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like he gave she he says he gave her permission to stop. Yeah, cutting. So the next day, Lee makes another typo and she also sniffles, which (sighs) Gray told her not to do.
1: Yeah, so he's like, he so he brings the letter to the on to her desk and like uh, berates her, obviously, about like you know, probably something about how terrible she is. And so he puts it on the table, and as he's walking down the long hallway, she just And you can, like, see his his body collapses into the wall, like, into the hallway wall. And, like, you can, like, see, like, all the disappointment. So I had this moment of, like, I don't know if it's, like, because I'm a switch of where I, like, kind of, like, went into his head of being, like, of, like, feeling that, like, oh, like, oh, like, that was a rule that I had. And, like, there you go. And you broke it. My first thought would not be to do what he does and, like, to just go straight into punishment. But I guess, well, I guess he didn't know it was going to be punishment for her yet. So I have complicated feelings about that, but we'll get into it. Right.
0: So he, yeah, he gives that look of just like complete disappointment. And, but it, I also, I read it as disappointment, but I also read it as like, I'm not going to be able to stop myself from punishing you. And he's, because he's like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, he's deeply tortured. Yeah. by his sadism yeah and he is really ashamed well, he's in understand. the closet I was yeah. afraid of my sadism for a long time yeah same so I can relate to that and I mean it just also kind of I relate but when we're talking about something that's in a fantasy film space mm-hmm. it becomes problematic because it becomes like um, nikon was saying it becomes ideological mm. so it because movies are not real they yeah. they're just messaging ideas and yeah and it, so it's that might be a real feeling but it's problematic to represent it that way because you're basically associating you're not portraying self-actualized people who know what they want and yeah. need and yeah yeah no. yeah you you're continuing this uh This dialogue that, like, people who are into SM are deeply ashamed and Mm -hmm. uh, don't Mm. know what to do with their desires. And it also plays into this Christian Grey, Fifty Shades of Grey thing where it's like he's this tortured sadist and, you know, he's ashamed of himself and Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Whereas in real life, these rich dudes would probably be heavy into the the scene. Like, they would know (laughs) about it. Yeah. and, And they would be have all this expensive shit and like
1: god yeah Yeah.
0: exactly so (laughs) it's
1: can you imagine those dungeon spaces in their houses
0: yes (laughs) it's probably really nice yeah uh so gray calls lee into his office and he puts the letter on the desk Mm -hmm. and he has her bend over the desk with her Forearms on the the yeah. table, yeah. and read the letter, yeah, and this is when Gray starts to spank her, yeah, and Lee's face is great. It's like
1: <sighs> just this shock the it's that classic, like, why would you do that to me? Yeah. face which is a really great face, yes. like, honestly, right.
0: And Gray, you know, tells her to go on, <sighs> and he continues to spank her, yeah. And so she finishes the letter. Yeah. And then he makes her do it
1: again. <laughs> and he spanks her even harder and faster. And this time you can tell that she's, like, into it. She's into she it, Because she doesn't, yeah. she doesn't pause. She's a very to like good Except like, grunt and moan. Yeah. And she, yeah. And she, like, starts reading a little bit louder. Yeah. Yeah. And she doesn't move at all. She doesn't move at all. She's a very good bottom.
0: Yeah, she <laughs> is. Yeah. So
1: oh the scene is so hot it's so fucking hot (laughs) it really is because he looks so angry yes and at first she seems very surprised which like shouldn't be hot because there was no consent negotiation before (laughs) but like it's hot and then as she like kind of you watch her like slowly warm up to it and like get into it and of course like the just the sound of someone getting their ass smacked is objectively hot oh great yeah and then like the positioning was – it was just – it's all – it was all much. And she wasn't wearing purple. No, she was wearing a white polka-dotted blouse. Yeah. With, like, a bow tied at the front so like, the bow, like, dangled in front. It would, like, move with hers. Yes.
0: And she's definitely – she's dressing more like a sexy secretary now yes. than, like, a frumpy secretary mm-hmm. like she was before. Mm-hmm. She's wearing makeup. mm mm-hmm. uh, So she's transitioning into womanhood. And, yeah, I mean – the consent aspect. This is the problem that everybody has with the movie. Yeah. Is the lack of consent. And I don't want to make justifications for that, but I will say that it is a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, But, of course, like it is messaging things to us. So that's important. Mm-hmm. At the same time, they, you know, the writer and the director both said that they wanted to create a BDSM rom-com so this movie is a fantasy Mm -hmm. like there is nothing about this movie that is like there are real things that are explored but it's existing very much in a fantasy space Mm -hmm. and um oh this is another thing i wanted to read up so pat khalifa who one is one of the editors of coming to power uh has this erotic story where she's talking about being kidnapped by a group of police officers Mm. and like raped by them and as they like throw homophobic slurs at her and inside she's like enjoying it but then you get to the end of the story and you realize that it was actually a bunch of butch dykes that are playing at this fantasy Mm. so it was consensual all along Mm. so Mm. (laughs) That's sort of how I read this movie. Mm. Like it okay. is a fantasy scenario that was consensual all along between these two people. <laughs> and it's just not explicitly communicated. Yeah. Um but that said, it is important. I do recognize the importance of having like clear consent yes. on screen.
1: Everyone negotiate. Yes. Negotiations are hot
0: right put it in a movie next time right (laughs)
1: yes
0: (laughs) put it in the movie even (laughs) just like a little line
1: a little something
0: yeah like a little something to, because you know this movie cannot be made today let's put it that way yes (laughs) a lot has happened with workplace sexual harassment uh okay so uh they gray after spanking her like collapses on her, and this is when their fingers touch,
1: pinkies.
0: Yeah, their pinkies, the most ever so erotically fingers to touch each yeah. other, <laughs> and it's very sexy. And he says, "Now
1: straighten yourself up and go type it again." Fuck, and then just straightens his jacket and sits down at his desk. Uh. <laughs> it's so fucked up. <laughs> and Lee looks at her bruised ass in the mirror. Ah, uh, it's like. It's almost embarrassing like as a bottom who's like that's me like cuz I think I've like been in my house like after a scene and like gone to check the mirror and have a topping like are you serious like right now like this quick it's been 5 minutes and I'm like sorry I can't help it
0: and so I was like yeah, yeah she it's immediately very looks well she and he immediately she immediately has a bruise um he put it in work yeah <laughs> and leaves she leaves him a new letter with the typos fixed and he doesn't acknowledge it but then later he approves Mm -hmm. and then later that night lee tells her mom that she can take her lock off the cabinet where the kitchen knives are yeah and they hug and it's very sweet yeah lee throws her sewing kit into the river a river that looks like blood yes and there's a montage now of SM moments between Gray and Lee.
1: Ooh, they started playing heavy. Yeah. He's not getting any work yeah. done. What are your favorite moments in this montage? I'm, okay, so I'm super, super into the spreader bar scenario situation. I may or may not have requested that from someone sometime in the future. I definitely hope that one that was my favorite. I think... <sighs> I like the saddle hmm it's so funny because like in my leather work my hardware supplier does a lot of like salary and like equine stuff and so part of me is like oh maybe i should like look more into like the pony play market because it's like kind of hot but that part didn't quite get me even though it should have because it's a leather saddle and leather is objectively hot but sure was, like, her
0: face during it is
1: really hot she's just like having fun she's like yeah let's put that carrot in my mouth yeah she's like loving it
0: and yeah, I mean, there's they're also like into food restriction now. A, like it's like heavy style. Yes, like he's which there's been no negotiation, which is crazy, <laughs> wild. And she's just calling him and telling him what's for dinner, and
1: he's like, "Okay, you can have four one peas, scoop of <laughs> potatoes, one slice of butter, four peas." And like you, as he says four peas, like you watch her just like melt, like hearing the restriction. Then and then as much ice cream as you. yes gross (laughs) it <laughs> Sorry, it's what I'm saying it's gross because it's hot I'm Yes, no,
0: it is hot I don't, like, I have a problem with food restriction play I can't do that, it's yeah. a hard limit Yeah, that's a hard limit for me as well And also, I, in this scenario, am wary of it I mean, it's like a fucking
1: cis man and a cis woman yeah. And she's
0: already, like, emaciated And
1: I think there was already a scene of her sitting at dinner with her family Where you can kind of tell that her plate was different than everybody else's And so there's also like as me a person who has like arfid which i won't go too deep into the process, but like avoidative restrictive food intake mm-hmm. disorder blah 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 it's tied to my ocd i'm also used to like being the only person whose plate was different at the table and although i couldn't imagine then like giving someone else control of like mm-hmm. making my plate look even more different than everybody else's
0: i mean it's really hot i think i would do it as a top Mm. If somebody wanted that It would have to be very explicit Like somebody would have to want that from the me woman, yeah. I don't know yeah. if I could do
1: it with food But I could do it with like I do like the idea of like With like someone controlling like my clothes And like uh, what I wear yeah, That's objectively and, hot you know. <laughs> Yeah, I just see we say it directly. that. Some people are like, No. That I sounds like the worst thing that could ever happen in my life. And I'm like, someone pick out my underwear,
0: please. Yeah, yeah, like as a top, I would want to pick out somebody's clothes and I have before, and that's really hot to me. And I also like like bathroom control stuff. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I do so. I I don't know. Maybe the f- I think the food I restriction. Get into orgasm control one day. Ugh, the best. <laughs> this is the horniest film. <laughs> this is the horniest film podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, go for it. I lean lean into it. It's fine. We're Tauruses. We're perverts.
1: Yes. Thanks. Welcome to Sagittarius season, everybody. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, I think the food thing is maybe a little bit too tied to fat phobia stuff for me that I can't really parse Mm -hmm. it out from that i think it would have to be like heavily negotiated and i think it would have to be something that the person has done many times and they know that Mm. they like and Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah in this scenario is kind of creepy to me um but also hot i don't know yeah because like
1: it's like it's like the the actual avenue that they like the mechanism that they use is like not my favorite but the idea behind it and the control behind it is extremely arousing
0: yes uh, also when she's crawling on the floor with the papers in her mouth i love that part too
1: not there's is there anything better than a woman crawling on the floor with something in her mouth <laughs> nope never never top ever. 10 best
0: things in life
1: uh, and bring your leash to me please Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Sorry.
0: the <laughs> podcast i <laughs> Lee is transitioning into being like an adult woman by smoking in bed now. Oh yeah, she yeah. smokes indoors yeah. in bed. In bed, and she's gonna she's masturbating next to the red pen, which she has on like a little a little tiny, mini desk. Yeah, a little altar kind of. And then she has this fantasy, which I really love. This scene, mm-hmm. she's standing in this purple orchid, mm-hmm. so she's become one of his flowers. Yeah. And she tries to think about Peter, but it's, like, a bummer. They're having, like, bad sex on top of a washing machine. <laughs> and then she has this image of her bending over on the desk in front of Grey. It's not even about sex. Like, no. it, the fantasy
1: is not sexual. because no, it starts off with her, like, hugging him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then it's just her bending over a desk.
1: Yeah. And looking at him. And she's saying, I'm your secretary. secretary. <laughs> I love so that. So this is the scene where... This is where the point in the movie where I started to kind of like get a lot of the campy vibes of "But I'm a cheerleader" from Mm. this because I'm like i imagine like oh I'm homosexual I'm homosexual it had the same energy for some reason yeah I could see that I'm your secretary I'm your secretary (laughs) and
0: what the writer said um, what Aaron Christina Wilson said was that in the short because in the short story uh, the lawyer makes the secretary say, I'm so stupid over and over Mm. again when she gets the letter wrong. Yes, it is hot. (laughs) And then at home, she's masturbating and she's thinking about saying, I'm so stupid. But they thought that that wasn't empowering. So they like wanted her to say, I'm your secretary, which again kind of harkens back to me how these people must not really understand (laughs) BDSM. yeah saying i'm making someone say i'm so stupid is pretty hot yeah people are into that fucking stupid yeah exactly yeah Yeah. like if you're into humiliation that would be really hot and obviously the two of them are right verbally yeah that would that would be quite empowering Mm -hmm. actually for her yeah exactly so that's you know whatever (laughs) um Lee starts becoming a bratty bottom by not oh. correcting her typos. <laughs> There's a moment also where she's with, like, a bunch of gal pals, like, probably her sister and her sister's friends, mm-hmm. and they're talking about suing one of the uh, their bosses for sexual harassment, and it's yeah. kind of like, ha-ha, like, cheekily kind of nodding to that. And I think also the space of it being a legal office also nods to that, like, oh, ha-ha. Right, right. Which makes me just feel like this plays into this whole thing being a very fantasy mm-hmm. narrative. Mm-hmm. Um so Lee's dad checks himself into the hospital mm-hmm. and Lee is distraught and she goes over to Gray's house and finds him running on a treadmill and it's super they, sweaty. Right, super sweaty. <laughs> they have a very awkward
1: moment where Lee can't really articulate what she needs. Something that she's a very common theme, yeah, that you can tell he doesn't feel like he has time for,
0: right? Yeah, which so he like shuts fair, her out, and, yeah, and goes, Okay, you can't ask for what you want, then bye. Bye. <laughs> Ugh, I relate to that as a
1: <laughs> you have to be more to articulate, yeah. Like,
0: if you have no idea what you want, then we have nothing yeah. to talk about. And here. like, he
1: closes the door in her face, and you kind of see her go oh, well, okay, well, I didn't say what I wanted. So she turns around and she leaves. Yeah.
0: Uh, Lee keeps trying to initiate play in the Mm. office, but Gray is not falling for it. Yeah. Is it the... Oh, have we gotten to the worm yet? We're getting to the worm. We're getting to the worm, yeah. And she worries if their dynamic is over. Mm. And she leaves Gray a sexy picture of herself, like a boudoir photo (laughs) with a bunch of roses, like a reverse courtship yeah, kind of Sadie Hawkins style. Yes, and she also tries to masturbate at home by spanking herself with a hairbrush. And Col- Col- Colby was just like, <laughs> "You go for the thighs." She's going for her ass, and yeah. i like, "If you're trying to do impact on yourself, like you gotta just, go for you the thighs." Can't quite reach back there. Yeah, exactly. It's just not very comfortable. <laughs> uh, Lee puts a worm in one of Gray's letters.
1: She finds a worm in the grass and puts it in the letter. He doesn't find it yet, but no, she. Because then, what I realized. The third time I watch it is that she addresses the letter to him because the letter doesn't get to him on the same day. She puts it in the mail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she puts that thing in there and then she puts it in the mail. Yes. Uh <laughs> Like really going for it. Yeah.
0: And Lee tries to have sex with Peter or like, sh- you know, they're making out and she tries to get him to spank her. Without saying a
1: word. Right,
0: exactly. She just
1: doesn't know how to... She just eat. like puts her ass in the air.
0: Yeah. And she's like, don't be afraid. He's
1: like, of uh, what?
0: <laughs> What's happening? And then she's like, we can have sex, but I get to keep my clothes completely on and I want the lights off. And it's just like the worst boring heterosex ever. And he's like, <laughs> loving
1: it. Is this what heterosexual sex is like? Is that scene exactly what heterosexual sex is like Listeners, all the time? Is right in. I have <laughs> never experienced that. Horrible event so Heterosexual sex And so is that what, it, is that what it's like Is that a, it's I it's have like. never had Heterosexual sex like that
0: I am too much of a perv Even when it's I was good. a teenager and I was having Boring heterosexual sex with teenage boys I was always like spank me pull my hair So I was never Like that So I can't relate There are tears in my eyes I was a little freak and like those little, those teenage uh, boys were horrified. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay. So, <laughs> they have b- bad sex, whatever. Lee brings home an orchid, and you were like, you're going to kill that orchid, because <laughs> she keeps turning the light on and off. She's, and, like,
1: turning the grow light on yeah. and off, on and off. I'm like, you're going to fucking kill that thing, girl.
0: Right. Gray finds the worm letter, <laughs> and he's really into the brattiness of it.
1: Uh, well, because the second he opens it, he, his face is like, yeah. Like <laughs> takes like the weird deep breath and I think he immediately goes to do push ups or like pull ups yeah, or something. Yeah, because he has to like release that sexual tension. And she can hear him like grunting as he's doing pull ups from down the hall.
0: Yeah. It sounds like he's fucking. Yeah. And
1: he circles the worm with a red pen <laughs> on the paper. Because he pulls out a brand new red pen. This time he had a red pen and it was on this like gold boat shaped tray. Like the the it was high, a special red pen. The high like protocol, protocol yeah. high ritual that these two freaks are into. Like it's a it's a good thing that she answered that ad. Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, they both love high protocol and ritual. Yeah. And he calls Lee into the office and she immediately assumes the position oh. to get spanked. Yeah. And like get submissive. Right. And Peter walks into the office. Oh. Uh go away peter and (laughs) no one wants you here peter go go away and gray tells her to pull up her skirt which he's never done before and to pull down her pantyhose and her underwear and she's like shocked and he says you're not worried i'm going to fuck you are you yeah i'm not interested in that at the least it's so good it's so good and peter like calls for lee and she's like she chooses in that moment because she's like, Peter, I can't go to the diner today. She's
1: choosing this. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like bent over looking at Edward in his eyes. As she's saying that, She calls out through the closed door to her boyfriend like, no, I can't come to dinner. Yeah. Leave. Bye. Yep.
0: Yep. And he jerks off on her. Gray jerks off on Lee's ass and comes on her
1: on her back
0: on her back yeah uh and lee seems very confused by the entire interaction you know he tells her to get up clean herself up and go back to work Mm -hmm. gives her like a series of commands and then yeah uh and i don't know what do you make of
1: this
0: it's
1: (laughs) like i'm sure as we've said a million times and we'll continue to say it's obviously hot very hot but it's like it's very interesting because there are also like there are moments like this is one of the moments where kind of like the male like the 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 veil of his like his dominant persona is a little bit lifted because you can tell that he was surprised by his reaction in this moment and that was what he was going to choose to do um and like the way that she kind of just like stumbles out of there without even pulling up her pantyhose or her underwear. She just like pulls her skirt down and just kind of like despondently stumbles down the hallway. I don't know. I thought it was very I thought I thought it was hot, but it was like very interesting and confusing. It was hot because it's kind of just like you did something so bratty,
0: you were expecting to get punished and get paid attention to, but you're actually just gonna be my comrade
1: right now. Yeah, and like, Actually this is gonna be about me. Yeah. You thought it was gonna be about you, fuck you. Yeah,
0: exactly. So I I saw it as like him asserting control over her in that moment and that's why
1: it's really hot. Yeah. And uh then, I just think this was the first time that there was any sort of like Genital activity included in any of their yeah. play.
0: Yeah. At yeah. all. Yep. And he, she goes to the bathroom and she sees the cum on her bag and <gasps> yeah. Mr. Gray. I know she <laughs> says that. She's like, Mr. Gray. Like, well, the paralegals in the stall. Yeah. The, <laughs> the fucking bitch paralegals in like one of the other stalls. And, and she's like, her. yeah, she's horrified. And that happens in the story too. Mm. um And yeah, I thought this was also kind of sweet because, you know, as somebody who stone tops a lot, mm. like, the way that you can make someone earn your pleasure, I mean, it's, you know, it's a power play for him. Yeah. And she kind of recognizes it as, like, oh, she's experienced his orgasm. Yeah. And that's, like, very – the way that she it, that she recognizes that is sweet when she says, Mr. Yeah. Gray. Um, Treating it like a little gift. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And Lee masturbates in the bathroom. (laughs) And this is the
1: first time that you hear her kind of speak. Vulgarly, yeah. The well, first she, thing she says is "cock." That's all she. That's how she starts the whole.
0: Thing. She just says "cock." Yeah, she. She puts one of the corrected letters on the door <laughs> that she has with like the
1: the um, hole protectors. Yeah, the binder, <laughs> so hole she protector. can put it up wherever she wants. I yes, guess, and just yeah. stares
0: at it and masturbates, and she's like, "Well, thinking about sucking his dick." Well, thinking about sucking his dick, and she's like, put your prick
1: Prick in my mouth yeah exactly like what i know and she's like people say prick how funny i know it's so funny how quaint
0: i know i definitely don't say prick but i only say prick
1: like you're calling someone a
0: prick yes yeah and the paralegal (laughs) hears this in the next stall and this is when gray also realizes mayonnaise oh yeah she's like mayonnaise four peas Peas. (laughs) yeah and we also see Grey in his office, like, realizing he has cum on his pants. <laughs> and he's, like, trying to take it off. Freaking out. Yeah. And the veneer has really been lifted in that yeah. moment. Yeah. Like, he's not a dominant he's anymore. He's like some
1: dude with jizz on his pants. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Which you gotta love. Uh, Grey gets pissed <sighs> off at that. Yeah. And so we didn't mention that he's lined the hallway leading to his office with all of the – he's
1: framed all of the corrected letters. He used to have plans in there. He had one set of plans for the secretary who walked out when we first started the movie. Then he had a different set of plans for Lee when he, I guess, started – she started there. And then when they started playing, he started taking all of her Typos, and they made those trophies, and those were framed and lining the entire hallway. Yeah, which I'm like, but other people come in there, don't they see these framed corrected, corrected letter. letters? Yeah,
0: yeah, I know. And he gets pissed off, and he smashes all of oh, them. Yeah.
1: yeah, and I will say one of them, he like grabbed in his hand, and you saw the glass break against his thumb, and I was like, oh fuck,
0: yeah, <laughs> okay, that's <cool>. hot. <laughs> Lee is like listening to an audiobook about how to come out as a dominant or submissive yeah
1: so this is i feel like the first time i watched that i watched this movie i missed that part like i missed the part where she started doing a lot of research um which to me like kind of colors the whole thing mm. like kind of it kind of like like you mentioned that's that story from pack leaf i kind of like retroactively color some of it before right to me
0: right that's how i see it as well uh and gray on gray is having a very opposite reaction Mm -hmm. where he's feeling a lot of shame and he writes a leah letter that says this is disgusting i'm sorry i don't know why i'm like this (laughs) uh but he doesn't give it to her he just writes it and like slumps down on his desk yeah. and is sad about it and so then the next day he uh calls lee in for like a re-interview kind of scene from when she first came to the office and then he says i'm not going to offer you the job Mm -hmm. even though i like you yeah and lee gets really upset and And she calls for a
1: timeout yeah
0: she says timeout yeah which she probably learned from the book yeah And, (laughs) and she slaps him and she's like why are you doing this he belittles her, you know, he says all the things he doesn't like about her as a secretary and, again, like the tortured male sadist trope, like, you just have to break through his icy Mm -hmm. veneer and, like, get to his heart um, and he says, you have to go or I won't stop and Mm. she says, I want to know you Mm. and Grey, she leaves the office and Grey immediately illuminates the secretary wanted sign (gasps) like, immediately (laughs) Uh, Lee jumps into the pool with her clothes on and doesn't tell her family she got fired. She just goes to work every day and watches his office and sees that he's like hired a new woman. Um, Lee tries to meet other kinky men uh, but they're all terrible. Terrible. (laughs) And uh, like one of them wants to be tied to a gas burner and get tomatoes thrown at him. Uh, okay. <laughs> when they advertise being a top,
1: but they're really a bottom. <laughs> uh,
0: Peter proposes marriage to Lee, and she says yes because she says she didn't know what else to do. Ooh. This I find a bit unrealistic because I feel like she's becoming self actualized as a kinky person. And I didn't completely buy that.
1: No, because when he proposes when she had stopped going on dates and she was just taking uh, care of her true. dad. that's true.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She's like despondent. She, yeah. She was yeah. like, oh, I
1: guess this isn't working.
0: Right. So Lee runs away while she's trying on Peter's mom's wedding dress. After
1: Peter's mom. Um, is like being a bitch
0: her. to her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and runs to Gray's office and tells him she loves him. And he
1: says, we can't do this 24-7. And she says, why not? Yeah. One thing that I caught this last time when she runs in, he's doing sit-ups, which makes you think that, like, the current secretary just did the first thing that seemed submissive and he was like, like, oh shit, here we go again. Right. And then she runs in in a wedding dress.
0: Right. Oh, that colors it a little bit too because i'm like god
1: damn it i just caught that yeah. yeah i was like oh he was doing the thing that we know is his cue for right oh i'm turned on by this bratty or submissive behavior right. i gotta self-regulate right
0: um so yeah and i like when he says we can't do this 24 7 and she says why, why not, not. <laughs> like we both said it out loud the time, like why why not, not? yeah <laughs> Uh, lee goes to sit at his desk with her arms her palms, palms down, down and he tells her to sit there and stay there and she says i want to make love which also annoyed me because i was like okay this is like the prizing of heterosexual sex over leather sex mm. uh and positions heterosexual intercourse is like on a pedestal it's mm. like the ultimate goal which i don't find realistic I don't think no I don't think either of these people would be particularly interested in like making love, love. like even yes. that like yes. even if she
1: had said like I wanna fuck that would make more that sense that would make a lot more sense yeah like cause I... I get that because she's like sexually turned on by him but has not been able to like have that kind of sex with him yet and so I would've understood that but I'm like, i wanna make love ew yeah. gross no I hate the phrase making love aim higher never
0: I don't never ever say that to I me never my life have I done that and I was yeah. married yeah <laughs> Yeah, never... Disgusting. Never say that to me. That's uh, that's perverse. (laughs) Yeah, that is perverse. Making love is... That's perverse. Uh, Lee stays at the desk and Gray calls Peter and tries to get Lee to answer the phone. What a fucking dickwad. In the the office and she tries to pick it up with her mouth. Uh, And he's like... Enamored of that. As soon as she drops, he's like, Oh, Lee, I'm very fond of you too. Yes, it's sweet. (laughs) And Peter tries to get Lee to leave and she freaks out. Like he takes, he pulls her on the rolling chair Mm -hmm. and tries to get her to come off the desk.
1: Hits him in the face. She hits him in the
0: face. She does not want to leave her position. And Lee. Pees herself at the desk because she's been there for like overnight. Overnight, yeah, and then she gets like a weird lecture from various visitors, yeah, and people who are trying to get her to leave, um, and so, which makes this a very fantastical ending. Yeah,
1: there's still there was a part of me where the first couple times I watched it, I thought it was like a like a dream sequence, like it was her talking her through getting through the wall that she was hitting right um in her suffering that's yeah. more what i thought it was i thought it was like her coaching her way through mm. the wall um but
0: i, I don't know if to watch it
1: like six million more times until i know exactly right what I, do. I don't
0: know if the people who wrote this were thinking about it that deep i feel like it's, <laughs> it's just me
1: yeah <laughs> it's my water placement <laughs>
0: I think that it's just kind of showing, like, her resilience and, Mm -hmm. like, how she's not backing down. And uh, also there's, like, this one random feminist character who brings in, like, a bunch of feminist literature and is like, I want you to read about women's struggle You should learn about that. Right. Exactly. Which I also resented on this watch because I was like, the people – again, the people don't know how BDSM actually functions.
1: The thing is, I thought that she was – that that woman like we weren't supposed to take her seriously.
0: Yeah, and I thought I thought it was like, I agree with you. And I but I but what I got annoyed with is the positioning of feminism and BDSM as being a, a, uh, the antithesis of each other, mm, which a lot of feminists do
1: think. Yeah, mm, um, I think I read that of of this movie being like like fuck off with that thought. Yeah, of being like cursing like oh you need to read all this feminist like literature to I, know what you're doing and like more. Probably, Lee is probably like, actually, no, I fucking don't.
0: Well, I agree with that, but I also find it to be problematic because it's sort of like she's finding comfort in being this domestic. Mm. Like, it, it just felt kind of like, okay, but women who are submissive can be feminists. And I felt like it was... It was pitting them as the antithesis of each other and representing one kind of feminist. It was mm. like the sex negative, yeah, anti kink feminist, yeah. and um, I, it was just an odd
1: addition. <laughs> like it, it didn't make sense because she was the only person that they had in that lineup who had never showed up before. So I yeah, didn't, it didn't was like that? it. I, yeah. she'd never shown up before, so it didn't make sense. It was to me. just that random. is her appearance is part of why I think it was a dream because I thought it was just her. Like having both positive and negative, like her, it was her pro and con list Mm -hmm. being. Personified by these people, mm. and like one of her like fake cons in her head is like, "Oh, if I do this, am I really a feminist?" And like mm. that—that's why I thought it was more of a dream sequence. I feel mostly yeah. because of that random feminist in black who showed up.
0: So random.
1: Yeah, her turtleneck.
0: Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. Was it
1: a turtleneck? It might not have been a turtleneck. But <laughs> it was just—it's a. It very... had turtleneck energy. Whatever she was
0: wearing. <laughs> it's a very stereotypical view of a feminist yeah. character. Um. She also gets like we see her therapist mm-hmm. and he says, "Who says love needs to be soft and gentle?" Yeah, which I liked. Oh yeah, the newly her newly religious dad, who's now sober, gives like consent. Yeah, to whatever she wants to do with her body. And kind of mentions,
1: um, yeah, he mentions like kind of her being like in a long tradition of like religious people because. So I think I was listening to the American Sex Podcast, and I can't remember exactly what episode it was, about how there are a lot of religious people who practice, like, BDSM, like, as a part of, like, their Mm. religion, of, like, they're offering their bodies to God. And so there are a lot of people who see, like, a holy tradition in kink and BDSM. Um, So I thought that was kind of, like, an interesting little tidbit of that kind of philosophy that, like not everyone who's like doing BDSM is like doing it because we think it's hot and like this is how we like to fuck. Like some people like do see it as like a like a higher calling and a higher way of mm. of, of like showing their devotion to God, right? Like of course I'm an atheist, so like ugh, ugh no thanks. Yeah. But it's like kind
0: of beautiful yeah, that you. other people
1: feel that way yeah. about it.
0: Yeah, and he gives her his consent, um, and you know says you can do whatever you want with your body. Mm-hmm and gray we see him in his house and he's sleeping on his own floor like maybe out of shame
1: i wondered if it was like <laughs> solidarity with yeah her cause like maybe this is just like my like <laughs> my sweet ds feelings of like him trying to like suffer a little bit with her
0: yeah no no i could see it that way as well uh and there are news reports covering lee's what they're <laughs> calling strike. a hunger strike and this is when gray comes it's been back 24 to the hours gray. having the news now <laughs> I was it supposed to be three days? Oh my I god. I thought it was three days. He's
1: the worst nominant ever. Right. <laughs> three days. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> oh. Yikes. Yeah. I thought it was like overnight. Maybe the it was overnight. I thought it was like I thought it was be... like evening day to the next evening. I thought it was supposed to be like But then there were people camping out.
0: Yeah, okay. I thought it was like three days. Fuck. Yeah. So oh. Right. So, Grey comes to the office, carries Lee out in his arms. In her pee dress. Yes, in her pee dress. And he finally accepts her submission and brings <laughs> her to this, like, weird plant bed. <laughs> <And> his <laughs> moss bed in his home. Yeah, his moss bed, which, again, he's, like, he's planting her. Like, he's... he's an <laughs> an egosexual. <Yeah. laughs> he's cultivating her. Like, he's cultivated this within mm. her. And... He bathes her, and it's very tender, and they have vanilla heterosexual sex. And I find this – I mean, it's played up as, like, very tender and beautiful, and I find that this, like, sort of undercuts the other subversive elements of the film. Like, it puts a neat little bow on it and, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of reifies how this paradigm can exist as long as it's in, like, a heterosexual – context where there is like vanilla
1: sex Mm. I almost I don't know if this is like am I just like naive but I guess like if you if you think of the way that like BDSM is like put out to like the mainstream people you don't see it as like oh yeah like these are also your regular neighbors you usually see it as like all these freaks and weirdos who Mm -hmm. have nothing to do with you so I almost think it's a little bit stranger to be like oh no like this is like your neighborhood lawyer or the regular housewife—that's like in your in your cul-de-sac.
0: Totally, I I understand that. And that historically, like BDSM in film has been used to talk about how the ca- it's like a downfall of mm-hmm. the character. And it's like, you know, this really sin, sinful, like it just shows how fucked up somebody is. Like I, mm-hmm. I and I, I think the agenda of this film is to show that BDSM is not inherently bad. Yeah. <laughs> like any like people can do it and it's fine and love each other. And I get that. But I am also the kind of homo (laughs) that is always just like, literally, fuck what people think. I don't need to prove anything to anybody. So I sort of, I bristle at that of like trying to, you know, and also like, I mean, it's a very white heterosexual love story Mm -hmm. and it's... I get annoyed with things that masquerade as subversive but actually have quite a conservative messaging. Like that's that's when I start to be like, mm, I don't know how I feel about that or like if I I guess I would want the ending to be like the same, like the sweet and they get together, but I don't like the pinnacle of them getting together being this heterosexual
1: sex scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. To me, I think I saw, like, of her – it was, like, she finally got her fucking aftercare after six months of <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all of that I wild shit. Yeah. Um, because we don't actually see the sex. We just right. see the, like, him caring for her and admiring mm. her. And then, like – And she talks about, like, all her scars, all her scars and, he and learning where she about got who them. she is. Yeah. You
0: know? And then he finally tells her something about himself. He was born in
1: Des Moines. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And – yeah I mean, I and then you know we see that they're they're in this like domestic situation, and uh she says we look like every other couple, but then you do see them fucking on this tree on their so they're, wedding, they're, they're getting and in she's some... in a black wedding dress with, like, a black, black veil. Male. Yeah.
1: And she's, like, tied to a tree. Yeah. And, uh, that's and that's what they should have done after. I this. see. I was, like, I was like, the thing is, like, no, he should have fucked her in the pee dress. Like, yes. that's obviously the only thing that should have happened. I don't understand this cute bath scenario that should have happened after. Right. You did something weird with the dress.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, I, I think your interpretation of it as aftercare is also sweet, because, like, they just had this extended scene of like mm-hmm. her, you know. I was my first thing is like get her some
1: fucking food because the first thing that he does <laughs> is he gets her like a he puts a smoothie in her mouth. Yes, yeah. At least he's like, yeah. okay, let's get you a little bit of sustenance because yeah. I've been starving you for three days. Right? <laughs> How cute. <Yeah. laughs>
0: and he bathes her and it's sweet her and hair, it's like a very, and... you know, I I I'm of two minds about it. Like part of me is like
1: ugh. I'm I mean, like, like, but like, okay, so like, I'm a romantic, but I'm also like a pervert, and I also, I'm a divorcee. So it's like, like, ill, gross, like, fuck your cute little like love story. But it's also like, oh well, that's nice because that's what she wanted. But then also, I would have preferred different sex at that time. Yeah, I just. But again, I get why they did it.
0: Right, I get why they did it. Again, I just don't like the idea of these two people who have been connecting sexually without their genitals the entire movie, now prizing heterosexual sex over everything else. I just don't see that as being reflective of the actual experience of Mm. being a kinky person. So... Yeah,
1: yeah. but I also think that... Okay, so think about all of the BDS. M things that this fucking movie just throws at mm-hmm. the unsuspecting viewer at Sundance <laughs> that year, right? Yeah. Now imagine if you didn't give them the relief of like a sex scene that they understand. Right. Imagine what would have happened. Oh,
0: I, ca- I I get it. I get why they did it. <laughs> yeah. I I just it shows me that this movie is not for. It's not for me. It's for people who maybe don't understand Stand what's going on. Yeah. Exactly. You know? Um but you know again i also i i really love when he bathes her i think that's really sweet yeah i love bathing people yeah so i'm like somewhat of a service top so mm. that that yeah. is and s- like, sweet I, to me
1: i got my hair cut a couple weeks ago for the first time in 4 years mm-hmm. and it had been almost that long since someone else had washed my hair and i forgot like how like nice that is like that kind of moments like watching like he washed her hair and he bathed her and he dried her off and I don't know it was nice it was really sweet yeah (laughs) it is
0: sweet yeah and yeah I'm I like it and I don't I, I feel both ways about it yeah uh they are now like a typical domestic couple and and you know the other thing that I didn't like about it was like Okay, so she goes from living with her parents to living
1: with this man. I- <laughs> well, the the problem. So one of the problems, like one of the problems with Lee, is that she doesn't have any actual passion or dreams. She she is someone who is looking for someone else to take care of her and give yeah. her direction in her life because her father never could. Yes. basically. Yeah, <laughs> right. There's like daddy issues. There's definitely daddy issues, yeah. and that's why the two people that said the strongest things in that montage of her sitting at the desk were her male therapist and her father. Those are the two people who said the strongest words that she took yeah, away with her. Yeah, let's just say
0: this movie does not pass the Bechdel test. No. Yeah. No, no, no. no. <laughs> um. i mm. Doesn't that – that kind of rubs me the wrong way, like the the equation of, like, the daddy issues. Yeah. Yeah, it's –
1: Yeah. But her becoming a housewife was a little bit weird, but a part of me was like, what else is she going to do? We don't know any – we don't know any passions about her. It's not about – it's not about that part of her. It's about her desires.
0: Yeah. I feel you. It's – you know, I was – I was just, like – Okay, so she never gets to be her own person, basically. Now she's just living with this but, man. But,
1: like, so my other thought is, is, like, what's wrong with that if that's what she wants? Like, if she wants to be a kept woman, like, why does that have to be gross? Yeah, I feel like, <laughs> And that's – sometimes that's where I'm at. I was like, okay, yes, like, feminism, we all have a job. And that's really, really great. It's not even about a job. It's just,
0: like, about the fact that she went from one controlling situation to another one that just feels better.
1: For her, yeah, because she has she made a decision in that controlling situation. She yeah. chose that controlling situation. Right. And then to somewhat what that's like what we talk about when we talk about BDSM and how it's the the choosing to be in these scenarios that kinda like makes a lot of the difference. Um and for her she's like okay I get to choose this and I get to be happy here and I get to I get to continue to go through life with my answer being I don't know because there's someone who's going to answer that question for me every mm-hmm. time. She gets to continue being the person she was through the entire movie but now she gets to feel safe in that.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, I cannot <laughs> imagine being okay with that. Yeah. But
1: again, it's not my... I'm an independent person. I live by myself. Right. I can't imagine someone like living with me. I'm not always very good at like caretaking people but I think sometimes like we as like, independent people, especially independent women, sometimes place a weird moral value on women who don't want to be independent or women who do want to be taken care of and don't want to have to do those things and a part of me is trying to unlearn thinking that that's like less than like my desire to be independent like why like why does that make her like less strong than me if she just doesn't want to have to think about those things
0: I don't yeah I I think from my end it's not that I don't think it makes her strong it's that I in real life mm-hmm. I could see this becoming a very codependent situation where yes. now she's like not addicted to cutting, but she's addicted to this. And yes. it's, you know I also just don't t- hmm. trust men well, no, to be in obviously. control of anything. So I'm like,
1: uh, you okay. Know, I, I roll my eyes like okay, no offense to any male dominants who like are listening possibly. But <laughs> I roll my eyes every time I'm like, Okay, yeah, sure, whatever, go for that if you want to. Yeah. I like Ugh, I'm bored by that technically, but I mean,
0: but in bless the their hearts, some the women screen. are into yeah, it, of course, yeah. <laughs> and we do get a. F- I think we're supposed to see that she's taking power back because she drops the bug, yeah. in the perfectly made bed for to s- her
1: punishment,
0: for her punishment to get <laughs> her because she's being a brat. And then the final shot is of her looking in the camera. Mm-hmm. So if you're w- like, now
1: what, bitch? Yeah, I'm in your neighborhood, how? yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. So I think that's a kind of an attempt to like take it back to her. Mm-hmm. Um, So that's secretary.
1: That's secretary. Yeah.
0: Do we have any closing thoughts about secretary?
1: We need to remake it with dikes. Yes. Um, With at least like 45 seconds of negotiation. <laughs> at least. At yeah. That's all we need really to carry it through. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Lesbians yeah. next time.
0: Lesbians. Lesbians. Yeah. Yes. Lesbians. <laughs> yeah. So that was secretary. Colby, where can people find you on
1: social media? Um it would be against your better judgment, but you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, um, at Colby brianne K-O-L-B-Y B-R-I-A-N-N-E. So it's like Colby like the cheese with a K. Um enter at your own risk, I guess. And you, uh, I'll put a link to your website. Oh, Oh, God, I'm so terrible. I, I make leather work, so I sell like collars and belts and harnesses and things, so you can throw me money for custom made stuff no matter what size you are
0: yay <laughs> and you can find me as always girls guts giallo on twitter and instagram uh you can find my patreon at patreon.com slash girls giallo my next bonus episode is going to be on the lighthouse you don't want to miss that so sign up and i will see all you perverts next week yeah. (音楽) ¶¶